welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. I'm Sarah Garrett-Gaston, the opinion editor at The Star, and we're here with Edward Salaya, our opinion writer. How's it going, folks? And we have two special guests from our news department at The Star today, Kurt Prendergast. Good morning. And Alex DeVoid. Good morning. So they are working on all the border stuff you want to know about. They are the two reporters. Uh, Alex is a data journalist. Kurt is a reporter. The border reporter. The border sure. reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good title. Yeah, it is, especially since that's what he does. <laughs> um, and they've been working, you've been reading their stuff for a long time, and we always learn a lot when when we pick their brains about the border and, and what's going on. So since the border wall is ever-changing, sometimes in existence, sometimes just on paper. Can you give us, Kurt, a kind of where are we right now as of October 9th, 2019? Okay, sure. So um, as of yesterday, October 8th, uh, we were down in Lukeville, and uh, they are building like a five-mile stretch of border wall there. And this is kind of out in the desert right next to a port of entry. It's a small town, 150 miles west of Tucson. And... uh, we went out there last in, in late August, and they were just setting up like the first three panels of fence. What we're talking about is it's thirty foot tall. Uh, each panel has eight of these poles, which are these like square metal things uh, that are filled with concrete, and they're separated by four inch gaps. So I think about eight of those per panel. And so, like on August twenty eighth, they had like three of those up, and then yesterday I counted about one hundred and fifty. So it comes out to about twelve hundred feet of a uh, wall has been built uh, out near Lukeville. Uh, the other area where in Arizona where walls being built is out near Yuma, uh, near, uh, near the town of Yuma, and then also near San Luis, which is a, the small border town south of Yuma. Uh, and there are, um, I think, 11, 12 miles of that has been built already, maybe more. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at. There's other projects planned, but in terms of what's happening on the ground, that's where we are. As far as like the total mileage of those projects that they've started what what are we looking at so the these things are all broken up uh into this is really a piecemeal approach which is what you want for a wall (laughs) (laughs) and so um the part out near lukeville is three miles and two miles on either side of the port that's its own little section right there and then around that is a much larger project that hasn't started yet and that's going to be uh, over 38 miles right there. And then out in uh, uh, Yuma, there is a very, very difficult to figure out what exactly is going on. Um, but I believe that uh, there, when I was out there a couple months ago, 10 miles had already been built near uh, San Luis. Uh, more is being built, and uh, more contracts have been awarded, so more is being built out there as well. So I guess my question then is, I, I was reading uh, one of your stories that said that there was a portion that was was not going to be able to be funded. Where where was that at when in this piecemeal approach? All right. So uh, a couple months ago, Department of Homeland Security said we have this batch of projects that we'd like to do, and since then they've been awarding contracts for some of those, and they've been announcing that we've got funding for some of those. Uh, and in the course of building the wall, they were thinking that we are going to come in under budget on some of these. And so what they were going to do is take that savings and use it to build, I think, another 20 miles in Arizona. 
Uh, and I think the most of that was going to be uh, in an area east of Nogales, uh, about like, oh, I don't want to get this wrong, but probably like five, six miles east of Nogales. Um, and, uh, and then there was another area in Yuma. But that was only on the table for a couple of weeks, and they realized that we're not going to have those savings like we thought we were. And so they said, well, we're not going to do that right now. Those projects are still like priorities for DHS, but that expected savings never materialized, and so they're now back to the drawing board on it. And where does the funding come from? Uh, so there is an area in Yuma that Congress gave money for, and then there is uh, mo- the rest of it uh, is coming from the Pentagon. And it roughly breaks down to where uh, the eastern half of the border, like the Tucson sector, uh, that is coming from uh, the, the Pentagon's anti-drug smuggling funds. Uh, in the west, in Yuma, a lot of that is coming from uh, a different fund in the Pentagon, more for like operations and maintenance and construction, things like that. So I guess then the question becomes, what do these what does this piecemeal approach of a wall what is it meant to stop and i think that's kind of the story you both are working on right now can you kind of give us uh, broad strokes about what you think this wall is here to impede yeah so obviously this is being built uh, in the desert all right so the ports of entry where legal people cross and where the hard drugs in general cross are not going to be affected by this so out in the desert what you have are uh, migrants crossing and you have marijuana crossing. And then there are also small amounts of other drugs that come through, but uh, the bulk of it, by and large, is, uh, is marijuana and its people. So what we're looking at is uh, when DHS asked the Pentagon for uh, what amounts to $1.2 billion for the area in southeastern Arizona, that border, uh, they use the anti-drug smuggling money. And so they are saying, we want this money uh, to stop drugs. And if their goal is to stop marijuana, then this wall would slow that down some. Uh, but it's not going to affect the like really hard drugs that people are going to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because that stuff goes to the ports. So what what we did is uh, we went through and uh, we got the CB Customs and Border Protection data, uh, and that shows the Border Patrol seizes a lot more marijuana than hard drugs out in the desert and at checkpoints, uh, and then the ports the ports of entry seizes a lot more of like, you know, meth and cocaine and heroin and all that. So normally that's where things stop when people talk about this. They'll, they'll say uh, the DEA says that uh, most hard drugs come through ports or whatever. So, but you don't get any more detail than that. So what we did, what Alex and I did is we went down to the courthouse, the federal courthouse in downtown Tucson a bunch of times and we sat in front of the computer and we logged essentially all of the federal drug smuggling cases for 2018 which is the year that DHS is citing. And we come up with more than 700 cases. Now that's that's here in the Tucson sector, right? It's Tucson and Yuma. Most of and it is Yuma. Tucson, but uh, about like, I think it's 150 or so are Yuma. So the bulk of it is, is in Tucson. Gotcha. So so what we did is we were using that and then we're taking all those cases and we're illustrating how, it, how drug smuggling works on the border uh, and more specifically than just like the Tucson sector, where do these drugs cross? So we're establishing these corridors and we're showing that these smuggling corridors, and we're showing that uh, where the wall is, this is like the amount of marijuana that has that was caught in 2018 in this area, the amount of meth and all that type of thing. Now, Alex, can you kind of walk us through the, now you've gathered the data, but what do you guys intend to do with it? Yeah, so we wanted to uh, visualize where these proposed sections of wall are going to be built, and uh 
also show readers um, where drugs are coming through based off of the court records that we um, manually scraped. Uh, we sat in the clerk's office at the court uh, house downtown and uh, just went through every case uh, and said, you know, uh, is it meth? Is it uh, marijuana? Is it other hard drugs? Okay, where did it come through? Um, how many kilos uh, came through? And so uh, we made our own uh, base map to visualize all this data on by taking uh, NASA satellite imagery data and uh, and and showing um, elevation uh, data. Uh, so you can see kind of where the rugged terrain is, where the drugs are coming through, how most come through the ports except for, um, you know, uh, marijuana and uh, other hard drugs in a much uh, smaller quantity. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Were you surprised by anything that, that you found? Yeah, I uh I was surprised by um, the uptick in meth case and uh, the amount of meth coming through uh, the border, uh, especially through the ports. So is is there a reason other than just volume why marijuana is taken through the desert and meth and other hard drugs are through the, the ports? So what I was told by uh, Homeland Security Investigations is the the logic of this is uh, marijuana is it's big and heavy, uh, it's harder to hide and it's less expensive. It's much it's very easy to produce marijuana relative to the other drugs. So no big loss if you lose some loads in the in the desert and it's like difficult to hide thousands of pounds of marijuana. Uh, whereas the equivalent value of that in cocaine or heroin could be you know a brick or something that can be you know, stashed in a hidden compartment in a car. But you go, the going through the ports, the, 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 the logic is that it's millions of people are going through the ports every year. And if you can just slide in uh, a load of narcotics among that, it's much easier. Uh, just, you know, your chances of success are higher. Uh, and they, he also told me that, um, you know, there was all these people coming through. There's all these legitimate reasons for going through the port, right? And it just all types of everyday life, trade, everything like that. Whereas when you are seen walking through the middle of the desert, the reasons for being out there, and so it's, it's much more suspicious than going through a port. So I guess then the question becomes, what? where did you find these corridors? Where were the patterns uh, of people, or excuse me, of drugs coming through uh, into the United States? All right, so um, just like with legal traffic, like the center of everything, uh, every border crossing in Arizona is Nogales. That is just where that's the beating heart of it all. Uh, and so there was a lot of meth and a lot of cocaine uh, is smuggled through Nogales along with, I think it's like 7 million people crossed legally in 2018. Uh, and so, uh, and then you, you have these variations where uh, out in Cochise County, for example, uh, at that port, at Douglas and Naco, marijuana is much more common to be smuggled through the ports. And I was told that that's because there's just far less traffic there. And so... The smugglers are willing to risk uh, relatively low-cost you know, dr uh, marijuana uh, among l less traffic. Uh, but what we found was uh, – so we, we broke, broke it up into Cochise, which is essentially Cochise County and a little bit of Santa Cruz. 
uh, the Interstate 19 corridor, which is Nogales all the way up through Tucson. Uh, and then we did the, the West Desert, which is basically like from Sassabee uh, over west of uh, Lukeville into like Cabeza Prieta. And then we did Yuma. Uh, and each of those sections has kind of different variations of, of smugglers. Uh, the West Desert uh, it includes the Autumn Nation, uh, Ajo, that whole area. And that uh, out in the desert is just a lot of backpackers, a lot of people hauling marijuana and backpacks. Uh, Yuma it also has backpackers. Uh, there, a lot of their busts are centered on San Luis in the port, uh, and also uh, they have a checkpoint over near Welton on Interstate Eight, and that's where they make a lot of busts. And that's the one that comes from California to through Arizona, and then uh, Cochise County. That they had one of the like significant busts were what they call drive-through, which is where they uh, they load several thousand pounds of marijuana into a car, and then they will either like drive it through or over the vehicle barrier. Uh, those used to be a lot more common than they are now, uh, but those where they they would drive across, and you know it, what I've heard is that it would be uh, either you cross, you get across, and you just roll down the, the you know you go real fast down the country roads uh, and try to get to uh, you know a bigger highway or an interstate or a stash house or whatever. Uh, and I've also heard that they would cross at night and they would have somebody walking in front of the car and they'd be going like two miles an hour with the lights off. And that the person in front would be talking to them and telling them like where there's like ruts in the road and stuff like that. And obviously that would go very slow, but completely in the dark to avoid detection. So things like that. That is really interesting to think. I mean, from sure. a business perspective, what the business costs are in the drug trade and smuggling. And when you think of it that way, um, it's sort of like, you know, the sunk costs of doing business versus like what you were talking about, marijuana versus the ports of entry. Um, I'm wondering with all your travel to the to the border, border wall, what is it like when you go? Can you just kind of take us through a trip like your most recent trip to, to Lukeville? What do you do out there? What are you looking for? Who do you talk to? Uh, so... Uh, this the one the main goal is to get as close as you can to where the construction is. So on Lukeville, uh, on the U.S. side, you can't get to the construction site. They blocked off the road. So what we do, we did yesterday and we've done in the past, is we go into Sonoita, Mexico, and then there is a dirt road that runs along the south side of the fence. And so we drive along there and get to the uh, the construction site. And like yesterday, there was like no barrier. Like we could basically, if we wanted to, we could have walked up and touched the construction guys. You know, we weren't going to do that. They're, you know, big burly guys who didn't really want us to be there. Um, and so uh, we, you are just trying to take as much as many photographs as you can, trying to get as, as you know, observational as you possibly can. Uh, and then uh, I also am trying to, like, see who is around on the south side and chatting with whoever is around. And, uh, like, yesterday I ended up talking to two guys uh, who were picking up the pieces of metal that were thrown off of the fence when they were uh, destroying the old fence. And... Uh, and they were chatting to me about what smuggling was like in, in that area, and they were not convinced that it, they were uh, – it seemed to them like a joke that anything would be stopped by the new wall. Interesting. Alex? Yeah. Um, well, just something to add is that uh, often you hear the argument that uh, more drugs come through areas where um, a wall may slow it down, and pound for pound that's true – but we found that uh, most of that is marijuana, and it uh, just so happens that in Arizona last year, um, uh, 
there was just about as much uh, marijuana seized um, at the border as there was uh, sold uh, legally uh, for, for medical purposes. That's kind of where I was going to go for this, because I know that in the early 2000s, before there was really any legalization movement in the United States, there was almost there was upwards the 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 amount of poundage they were taking in was much higher than it is now, and I was just wondering how much uh, how much you guys think uh, legalization or uh, legalization of medical marijuana in other states as well has kind of cut into this market of marijuana. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the numbers have dropped dramatically in Arizona. Uh, I think we did like 2012 to the present, and it was over a million pounds was seized in uh, 2012. I think 1.1 million in 2013, uh, and then uh, and that down to like 160,000 uh, in 2018. And that's even the year-to-date numbers are even lower for 2019. Uh, and so that is if this is one of those like unknown things so you know who who can say really um the numbers are rising a lot dramatically for illegal marijuana in Arizona so they're getting up to you know like Alex said you know like it's about what was seized almost that much um and i don't know how much was sold in california but i expect a lot of <laughs> uh, medical marijuana was sold in california uh, so that could definitely be cutting into uh the marijuana you know production and smuggling uh, across the border who knows and it's so the you said 160,000 pounds yeah um is that that is the amount that was seized mm-hmm. that has gone down does that mean that smuggling could be getting more advanced could be better and they're just catching less of it well that that is the eternal question but the, the metric that we all have to use is this kind of proxy number so if they seize if if they seize more of a drug right is it better enforcement or is it less smuggling and again who can say judging by like the number of agents that are out there the we have like the integrated fixed tower system you know we have this surveillance equipment we have trucks you know the border patrol has trucks that have you know uh cameras on them there is sensors all over the place my guess would be that uh we the enforcement is more effective than it was in the past and that the uh, overall poundage coming across is less than it was before. I think it was much more just wide open, you know, five, ten years ago. And so just to note, that was all before any sort of wall. Well, well, well the, I, I, before Trump's kind of called to, to modernize or to, to make his wall. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the new wall is like – a month or two or three old, you know? Mm-hmm. So like when I, the talk of it obviously is from, you know, predates his presidency. So 2015, 2016. Uh, so yeah, this, this trend is not tied to Donald Trump. This is something else is happening. Uh, more market forces kind of thing, or what do you think the, the change, or is there any way to really know, from our vantage point and what your reporting has been focusing on. I mean, I, we haven't really, like, uh, you know, addressed that. That's way beyond the scope of what we can do. And even if you were to get, like, so Colorado sold, you know, a bajillion pounds of marijuana, you, then you have the question of uh, is that, like, 
taking the market share of say of, of marijuana from Mexico or is that like increasing the overall market or who I would I wouldn't know how to how to answer that so with uh your when does your reporting come out what are you what are we can we look for next to, to in the star to understand what you've been doing so next week on Thursday we'll go live with a uh, scrolling map to kind of give readers a tour of all the data that we've picked from uh, different sources, including um, our own data collection at the courthouse and government data, um, state marijuana data, um, and we'll layer that on top of uh, a map that we built, especially for this project. And um, so that'll come out on Thursday. And then uh, I believe Kurt's story will run on uh, on the weekend. Yeah, I think that's right. And the, the map is really cool. Like we, this is I don't think we've ever had a map like this. You know, a lot of it is uh, you know roads and uh, you know the designation of what type of land it is and stuff like that. But this map is like it's 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 one of these things where if you look at the at a map of the border and see where the wall is being built or where it was built in the past, and it's these little pieces. It looks weird that it would be there. But then once you get Alex's map, then you'll see that, like, oh, that's, like, where a mountain range crosses the border. And now you're like, oh, I see. Oh, I see. And, like, those little dots are in passes in among the mountains. And so it really illustrates, uh, you know, uh, why the wall is being built where it is. And it's just it's really great. I know this is somewhat of a crude question, but, Alex, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, NASA makes this uh, elevation data publicly available to anyone. Um, you download it uh, in uh, sections of the world. <laughs> and so we download a bunch of squares on top of uh, the southwest and, and Mexico. And um, then I use uh, some cartography software to... Um, do something called hill shading, which uh, kind of shows you where the um, the the slopes and valleys are, um, and then to to really show where rugged terrain is, uh, you can take that same elevation data and calculate its its actual slope, and so that would show um, the darker areas for. Uh, you know, whether it's the Grand Canyon going uh, down into the earth or whether it's Mount Rideson rising above it, um, it'll show you where that, that real rugged terrain is. And that, I think, can give us a sense of, you know, where are the smuggling corridors if, if, if they're taking the path of uh, least resistance. And um, it turns out that that path uh, for the harder drugs is through the ports, um, at least according to the data and where we're seeing more drugs cross. Anything else we should, we should be uh, keeping in mind as we think about the border going forward, everything's changing with policies and what Trump is saying and doing and what's next for the border wall. Well, we will see. <laughs> yes, we will. This is coming out. Everything just keeps coming out. It seems like every couple of weeks there's some new thing, like the 20 miles of the extra, you know, mm -hmm. that that's like the, that this whole entire process is very, very, very difficult to track. And a lot of the information that we get 
is from like Department of Defense little blurbs saying we've awarded X amount of dollars to X company to build you know some wall, and then in lawsuits uh, mostly filed by environmental groups uh, uh, against the the administration for not you know for not going through the the appropriate steps or the steps that have been waived you know things like that, and uh, that's where we're getting a lot of this information. So it's not like there is a smooth channel of information from the administration uh, to the public. It's all stops and starts, bits and pieces coming from these weird places, and uh, you just kind of got to hang on. <laughs> so you're saying happens. this administration isn't always forthcoming with information? I, I would say most administrations are not forthcoming. <laughs> this one has a particular flavor. Great. Well, thank you very much for sharing what you've learned and uh, what you have in store for the the map, which sounds awesome. And I have no idea how you your brain works to put that together. And I'm just really glad that that you are able to do that to help the rest of us, Alex and and Kurt. Uh, thanks for giving us kind of the where we are now and the. I look forward to your story this weekend. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening. Thank, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. And as always, the uh, way to reach us with a letter to the editor is tucson.com slash opinion. You can find the links there. The views expressed on the point being are not necessarily those of Lee Enterprises, which owns the star. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. See you later, folks. Thank you.